0: Good few comments coming in, by the way. We'll give you most of them. We've given you most, but we'll get to get to some of them. The some that I can't broadcast, by the way, but that's that's every day. But you see, there you go. Anyway, a, a centre of excellence for Galway GA, Komogi and LGFA. It's an exploration of uh, Galway Airport site as a location for it. Paul Bellew is the chairperson of Galway GA and joins you on the line. Paul, good morning to you. Morning Keith, how are you? Good. This was mooted, by the way, before the refurb of um, Pierce Stadium and before the lights and all that agreement came in. Uh, it didn't seem to take off. Will something like this take off now, do you know? Or are you getting buy-in from both city and county?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose the from a point of view of, of a stadium, that's that's not what we're after. So that, that was back a while ago. Yeah. Um, we're hopeful this time. This will be this will be a centre of excellence. This will basically be pitches and, and indoor facilities for clubs, uh, for schools, uh, for colleges, for county, um, for ladies, for men, for girls and boys, and from the age of five. Uh, Well up into the elderly uh, as well, Keith, in terms of what our plans would be for it. Um, It is the perfect site. It is on the limits of the city, serves the city and the county. It's one mile from the main motorway artery uh, in the county. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three organisations serve 52,000 members at the moment. It would impact them all, but mainly... It would bring female sport into an equal level with male sport in the county. Um, I cannot think of a better use or a better opportunity for this, and it's it's unusual to get the three bodies on board uh, <laughs> to all together. Yeah. Um, and now we're hoping politically that can happen too. So the response okay. has been huge. Uh, if it's politically, Keith' response is the way we're getting it the last few days. I would be hopeful, but it is only exploration at this stage.
0: Um, because when we were in Kinvara, uh, Friday, fortnight indeed, and we were speaking about Camogie uh, and uh, they have to go to Athlone to train. Uh, hockey rather, not Camogie, hockey. And they have to go to Athlone to train so they do from there. So you're saying this would be a catch-all then. Would you be concerned about the plans that um, Mike Furyk and the crew have in La Gray that they're trying to develop sports grounds as well? Or do you think this should be the centre of excellence for the whole county?
1: I think there's, so we have to explore all options at the, at the same time. I don't see why one would rule out the other. Um, we have put in a request for 30 to 40 acres. Um, we we could we could do that again somewhere else in the county down the line Keith and it, it might just be enough um, and that in fairness and Loughrea is also a municipal facility that would serve all sports and the demand is only going to grow yeah. from a sporting point of view you know people are asking me what would this mean for Lock George if this was to take off we'd still need Lock George I mean I don't I don't think we can even comprehend the amount of usage that ladies sport would get out of this um, I think Comogie and ladies football would fill it on its own from a club and county perspective, not to mind when we put in all our hurling and football teams, underage development squads yeah. um, etc. So I, I don't think one mitigates the other. I think I think it only only complements it. And again, it's a request for exploration. We're not making any demands. We're not we don't have that capacity. But I just think it's a golden opportunity when you have three sporting bodies to come together, two councils, and to do something that has not happened in this co- in this country yet to date. Plus Nationally, Keith, this is the direction everything is going from a funding perspective and also the right thing to do is the GA as the, as the biggest partner, and let's be honest, the strongest partner financially resourced. It's up to us to make sure we bring Lady Sport along and give us equal status that it deserves.
0: All right, but come back to me then, uh, um, because I mean, have you spoken and sat down with the with Patricia Philbin in Galway City Council and with Liam um, Keneally in uh, Galway County Council? They're the two decision makers. They can bring people on board or they can stop people coming on board. So have you sat with them Yeah, and, and so we've, we've
1: received acknowledgement and we've received acknowledgement from, from both accepting that it would be considered. Um, that has been acknowledged. I suppose the big one is the elected representatives um, have all reached out uh, across all parties, independent, the whole... The whole shebang and have asked to meet um i haven't had one negative word about this Good. um i suppose the only thing about this is you know and this has been coming on us why not earlier but i suppose the site is there a long time now Um we're aware of the political situation about it but we're not getting political about it if it's non-runner tell us knock it on its head and tell us why um but again if you look in at this from as an opportunity keith i find it very hard how anyone would say This is not for the benefit of this county given the membership, the amount of people who will positively impact. It's very hard how to see you could oppose this without good reason. And again, there is other plans there. The master plan is for where is not finalised. All it would do would complement whatever else goes in there. Be that industrial, commercial. We we fully support Anton that brings employment and more of it. But this would give people somewhere to go as well, Keith, during the day with the amount of activity and the plans we would have for a centre like this. You know, it would be it would be a high class facility, and I think it would I would think complement the needs of the county uh, across all all sides. <laughs>
0: Do you think is there buying in for this? I mean, it's easy to say that it would be considered. Um, it's it's a vast mm-hmm. site, so it is, and um, 40 acres would be really a, just a tipping tipping your toe on it. But they have to be very careful because, I mean, it could be the site for a hospital down the road, it could be the site for industrial, as you said. The Flying Club are mm-hmm. currently utilising it, so they are. They've got a lease there uh, on it, uh, Goblet Flying Club. Uh, the old airport building is really not fit for purpose anymore, so that could come out. Um, but again it's the buy-in for it we can talk about it Paul Belly all we want but somebody has to make the first move and say let's just have a look at this and see how it might work
1: yeah, and I would hope that will come in the in the in the coming weeks, uh, Keith, from from the councils when when they review it and maybe bring us in and can see it. And you're right; someone's going to have to make the decision. And I said, if the political uh, reply is, I, I know there's the executive side and the political side, but if the political side is anything to go by, I think that will is there. And again, um, I. I like maybe you can give me another a counter opinion. I haven't seen it, or if you're getting it in, you know, as a, as a quarter of the site, um, I don't see how how anyone see this isn't isn't a positive. And as that mm. the thing is, it's meaningful impact and it affects. An awful lot of people in this county, you know, as of 22% of this county's population, city and county, are members of GA. That doesn't even bring in the amount that aren't, that are actively involved. A lot of people aren't registered members at all, but go to games, are passionately involved. So for us, I won't say a no-brainer, is, is sometimes not the, not the right quote, but I don't know how we wouldn't bring it to a stage of exploration and how it isn't a valid proposal.
0: I suppose um, just on this subject, I have two others I want to talk to you about, three actually. But just on this subject, I mean, just be very careful. There's local elections uh, in the coming months, so there is. You will be promised the sun, moon, and stars by those going for election. Support for everything, get it in writing, and um, and then you have something because if they're elected, you can hold them to it. Uh, but you have to be yeah, cautious okay. of that of those local elections.
1: Exactly, and it's tangible sport we're interested in, you know, not just expressions of it. And I have to say, you know, there are people reaching out to me to sit down, so I think there is genuine interest in this.
0: Mm. Um, there are some comments coming in, I'll give the to you the end on this one. Can I ask you, just in relation to the tune development, there's delays there. What, what's causing these delays, can I ask?
1: Just to some weather pieces in terms of they're working on the roof um and and the elements of that the media side of it uh, in, internally wouldn't be ready for the Jerry game so we've moved it to Pier Stadium which isn't isn't a big deal uh in in reality so we'll still be playing our uh, under 20 matches in on March 20th uh, in the Connacht Championship in June um so uh, if it, it will be done over that period of time again nothing Nothing overly disconcerting or pushing us out. So um, there was just weather-related um, activity basically set us back a small bit, but nothing major.
0: And uh, somebody said, did the GA get the airport site for a new centre of excellence? The first thing they'll need to do is plant trees and create some shelter in the place. It can be wild enough at times, and this uh, caller said. And another caller said, well, you asked Paul, did Dexcom offer money for Pierce Stadium naming rights? And were they refused or did they offer at all? Did that even come on your radar? Have you got any naming rights? No,
1: Dexcom didn't didn't offer any, any money to us uh, uh, for the naming rights. The naming rights per stadium Stadium, without Pierce in it, are not available, Keith. Uh, we're not going down the, the route that happened in Cork. Um <laughs> People are very protective of the title and rightly so. There will never be a naming rights while I'm around where Pier Stadium will be removed from it. If there's something that fits or complements it, we'd certainly look at it as a management committee first. Um, But it was never any time there was any inquiries to us, which we get a lot of. Um, there's great commercial interest in Gology at the moment, thankfully. Mm-hmm. We might touch on, on a man that's helped that massively in a minute, but um, we would, we didn't entertain any conversations, or have not entertained any conversations, or got any conversations about money, with any company um, that wouldn't have Peer Stadium in the name.
0: Okay, and are you in discussion about Pier Stadium, and will there be naming rights on Tomb Stadium when it's finished?
1: There's no plans to for naming rights on Tume okay. Stadium and again you're you're only going to have naming rights in a stadium whereby you have intra county games on a regular basis. And, you know, again, financially the impact of, of naming rights is, is it's it's not massively significant for a lot of grounds around the country. Uh, there's only one ground in the country that I'm aware of that has over six figure um sponsorship on a naming rights piece. This this the uh I suppose value of this can be overblown at times but as I said, I think there's one stadium in the country at the moment that has a six-figure sum per year and that is an inter-county stadium that gets a lot of use. Um, We will only do something if it's right fit for us and right value to Galway GA but um, that will tie in tandem with the lights and again, would need the passing of the management committee first and foremost.
0: Somebody said uh, tomb Stadium dressing rooms are uh, a sight to behold. Um, Does that mean positive or negative, I wonder?
1: It would be negative um there was an issue look at again this is how I I'm aware of it it's under the cover terrace there's leakage there um that has been the case for a few years with the prior prior developments. there's been a lot of nonsense talked about tomb stadium the last few days um about about issues around that there's a phase plan in Tume. it's not our primary county ground that needs to be rem- remembered we've significantly invested in it as Galway ga as well uh, to the tune of a couple of hundred thousand euro uh, and in partnership with the Joe Toole Foundation as well um, again you'll also have some people looking for clicks and a bit of attention, the facts are we've invested heavily in tume and Keith that's only phase one, we'll be moving to phase two of the sports capital piece as well uh, in tume, uh post the stand uh, after that as well so there's um there's never been more investment in Shewam Stadium than there has been in the last two or three years or in the next two or three years going forward. And those are the facts of the matter. If those previous works that needs to be rectified, which there is, that is the case. And that will be done on a phase basis.
0: All right, let's move on to go. Um, Mark Gottsch, indeed, who has been an absolute uh, critical part of the success of Galway GAA over the last long number of years, indeed, and came back to Galway uh, to take up the job. He's... Um, He's been touted or he's been. Is he moving to Crow Park or going working for Crow Park?
1: He's going working at Crow Park. He'll be up there a good bit. Uh, he's uh, taken over as National Operations and Engagement Manager uh, for Games Development, uh, which is a significant national role um, under what we would term coaching in games um, uh, previously. And. Uh, Look, at it, it's uh, we announced it on uh, Tuesday night the county committee. Um, you know, aware of it for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's uh, bitterly disappointed personally as much as professionally. Uh, he's a brilliant fellow to work with, but and that that's just me fucking talking from a personal perspective. But mm-hmm. professionally, uh, Keith, I don't think we'll ever uh, overstate the impacts and. Uh, positive influence Mark has had on Galway G over the last five years it has been an extremely challenging period Uh, the processes the efficiency the transparency and the professionalism he has brought to it and getting it back to where it rightly should be has been top class and that was reflected in the room the other night we'll we'll never be able to as I say state how he's brought it through. He's had the hardest job of all. You know, a few of us have been there and we're able to bring out the good news and we're able to talk about it like like we are now on certain items. As Mike Burke said the other night, Mark had to day-to-day do the hard work. He had to make the hard calls and deliver the bad news a lot. And he, mm-hmm. was, he was brilliantly effective at doing that. But at the same time, Keith, He's done that, and in the last two or three years, we've returned close to half a million surpluses. Our county teams are the best resource in the country. We still have a three hundred and thirty euro, thirty thousand euro debt being repaid every year. We're investing over two million in our grounds from last year on to the next eighteen months, like in Tume, as I said. And he's managed to juggle all that on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I can't give him higher praise. He'll be, he'll be terribly, terribly missed. But as I said. He's going as a friend of Galway. He'll be. It'll be a long goodbye. He'll be. Uh, he'll be there for a couple of days a week after we get someone else in place as well to help us through all of that.
0: And do you have to start advertising now and moving forward?
1: We do. We do. So we've spoken to Crow Park, and uh, we'll be putting the final touches to the role in the next few days. We'll make a few tweaks um, on Mark's role. Mark said things move on. He's. He's. will nearly have five years completed. Uh, we will do this all through Crow Park. There'll be. Um, a process there we we'll get the job advertised in the next week to 10 days and look hopefully it's an attractive role it's a tough role don't get me wrong you know it's might be the role of college, yeah, but it's a t- it's a tough one and it, it takes a lot of financial and commercial skill and i said the, the ability to say no but we will we will get strong interest in this keith and we'll go through a rigorous process overseen by crow park to get the right person to, to bring it to the next phase and it's an opportunity as well we have to take the positives of it you know okay. um, there's, there's a lot going on and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully within about six weeks have
0: that better down Keith we asked Paul is there going to be any investment in Duggan Park for spectators
1: like there will be a plan for it I mean we need to do something on the far side I think terrace wise is the key um, we have we are investing in all our grounds that's why we've had the recent draw which, which returned us just under the million euros, so we will look at all of our grounds for 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 that. Remember, we have we have four of them. We've invested in Tume significantly, Athenry significantly, and and Law will deserve its fair share as well. It's what the plans for that is 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 down the line.
0: Uh, again, I have to modify this one from a legal point of view with respect to Paul Belliard. The new dressing rooms and Tume Stadium were left in a state. Why can't the people in question be brought back to fix the damage and not dismiss it in such a flippant manner? Uh, just let's be careful on this one Paul if you don't mind
1: yeah no it's not been dismissed in a flippant manner as I said there's, there's a leak into one of the restrooms and when the stand is fully covered is is when that will be will be fully rectified and, okay. and that's that is that's just the facts of the matter Keith there's yeah. no flippancy there's just no point talking around it it's just straight talking on it
0: no bother Paul Bellew thank you as always and good luck to Marcatch I hope you're going to have a, a, a going away due from Fill the whole of Pierce Stadium and uh, have a gone away, do for him altogether. There,
1: yeah, we'll, we certainly, we certainly um, will. But I said he'll never be, he'll never be far away either, Keith. No. That's important he'll, to remember also. And he's staying in the in the j family, you know. Mm. And uh, Everton so matters top class, and I'm sure Callum will benefit for that in the long run too.
0: We'll get into O'Reilly to do the catering down the left hand side, so we'll You'll be sorted, not a bother in the world. Thanks for joining us uh, today, Paul Value. Uh, and today, Keith, it's snowing heavily here in County Roscommon and you've sent me in a photograph and it looks absolutely very heavy in Roscommon. <sighs> Michael Fitzy won't be gone the bag today I'll tell you. It's um, just looking at the snow it's quite quite heavy in Roscommon and somebody has sent us in a beautiful it's a beautiful photograph but you'd like to see that around Christmas time rather than now. Now very good morning to you I come in to today's program. By the way the weather is not going to improve just looking out it's been raining since uh... Since about five, four or five this morning, so it's not going to get any better. Just take it handy on the roads out there. A man who took it handy on the roads um, is Dave O'Connell, and he joins me on the line with the Connick Tribune uh, headlines. And uh, Dave joins me. Dave, morning to you.
2: Morning, Keith. How are you?
0: You took it handy on the road today, I hope, because it's uh, kind of well,
2: cold, cold I, I'm there. working from home this morning, Keith, so that makes it even handier. It uh, didn't get wet at all yet, but we'll go into the office <laughs> in a little while.
0: Don't get wet at all. Come here, your story We've been looking at it there with Paul Bellew. It's a yeah. GA proposal for a centre for excellence, of excellence indeed, at the old airport grounds. It really is very exciting. and You've all the information and pics and otherwise on it, but it's an exciting time.
2: It is an exciting time, and uh, I mean, I think you have to have a vision uh, if, if you're going to move on to the next level, and certainly Paul does, and you spoke about Mark, uh, Mark got you terrific, terrific vision, and it has to be a long-term plan, so it, it may seem into the distance at this stage, but you know what, if you don't ask, you don't get, and as Paul himself uh, says to us, this is simply a request to explore the site, they're not demanding anything on that, and it is food for thought, and again, as he said, and people will have heard him in the last two minutes, the fact that it's coming from Galway GA from the Ladies uh, Football Association and Galway Camogie means that it's, they're all on the one page on this uh, and the, the problem with any of these things down the road is that if the land is used for other purposes it can never be reclaimed to be brought back so you, you state your case you see where it's going and you're more than yourself dealing with it uh, just now we have it on uh, the front today as well
0: And do you know that Mark Gotch's uh, roots are not too far from you, from where you live yourself? No did you not know that Mark? Gotcha. I don't know that. Mark, yeah. Mark Gotcha, who's from More and More, is Billy Cameron's nephew.
2: Is that right, oh, Alfie? Yeah. Well, now that's that's something that I didn't know, and now that I realise that the stock is very good, he must be very disappointed as somebody involved in the GA that Billy Cameron spent so much of his time following Nottingham Forest <laughs> and Galway
0: United. Then I knew you'd say something. I knew you'd say <laughs> something. No and oh God, I, I, remember, I remember Billy's dad, never mind so that would be Mark's yeah. uh, granddad as well. So the stock is good, and they're well able to mind the money. So they are in the in the industry they're in. You have a beautiful big pick uh, from the Novine on the front page and more inside indeed on the Novene as well
2: uh, yeah, I mean, sure, look, uh, I, I think Joe Shottensee looks forward to this every year because he gets such brilliant pictures and I certainly look forward to seeing the photographs, so lovely photograph of the, the statues and all of the icons uh, out the front, but huge crowds is ever in the cathedral all week and one of the most uh, emotional talks over the nine days uh, of this was from uh, a woman that you know, because I know you have featured on the programme Geraldine Mullen from Williamstown and yeah. people will will know of Geraldine because I, I, I don't know how uh, she gets the strength to do this, but people Will remember that she lost her husband and her two children in, in an appalling and tragic accident on Quigley's Point in Donegal uh, three and a half years ago now. and she shared that story of her overwhelming grief, but grief. But the, 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 where this tied in is that the overall theme is not to lose hope. Uh, and that's what she was emphasising, her own bravery uh, to talk about this, to, I mean, uh, clearly, 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 you never get over something like this, but to move on with your life and to be able to bring this in such a positive way. So uh, that's covered, that's part of the story and some great photographs, i say, from Joe as well.
0: Absolutely. And I have a couple of features reflecting back to a different era in the county.
2: Yeah, I I love these. Uh, There's a a couple of kind of lovely whimsical uh, stories from time past. One is from a man called Christopher Burke, who's a a, a Galway man living in Bogota in Colombia, but he was home uh, not so long ago. He took a trip down memory lane on on this visit home, walking the roads and the streets around the city and the county that he knew so well as a child. He's a writer by profession, and you can see it from the piece, and it is just a walk down memory lane. And the other is from uh, Fergal Lenehan, who's originally from Kiltormer, but now uh, based in germany and he's talking about his father's job and it's a job that doesn't exist anymore because his dad pj well the first part of the job exists he was a guard the sergeant but he was also the weights and measures inspector in east galway uh-huh. and you either know what that was yeah. or you don't know what that was and if you don't know what that was well you'll find out in the paper today but uh, it's again it's another lovely piece of that
0: absolutely now this weekend should give us an indication of where the galway hurlers are for the season ahead dave
2: yeah, because with all due respects to uh, Westmead, uh, the, the trip to tip, as we call it on Sunday, is their first real test in the league this year. And that's previewed uh, while the footballers have a week to prepare for their trip to Tyrone uh, after claiming their first point against Roscommon last weekend. So plenty on both of those plenty as well on the Connock College's uh, Senior A Hurling final, St. Ravens of Loch uh, saw off the reigning champions Prez Athenry and then disappointment uh, for Glen Community School in the FAI Senior B school soccer final uh, where they eventually lost out to passage west but to be honest a phenomenal achievement to make the final in the first place so all of that and loads more in sport
0: and what else have you got today because it's full today
2: well, we, we have uh, pieces on two people that are departing their current roles and both of them uh, coincidentally leaving with somewhere in the region of, uh, I think, 300 million euro each. Uh, <laughs> there's there's uh, there's Michael Burke, um, uh, who you were just uh, talking to and all of that. And then two pages on your good self, uh, which I had the pleasure of, of talking to you about, reflecting on your, your radio career. Some lovely stories in that uh, ahead of your move uh, in a different direction in April. And I didn't know until this morning uh, that the pair of you are departing the one week. That always makes me suspicious uh, when two <laughs> people are heading away with all of that money between them. But anyway, be that as it may, that's for another day. Uh, there's a piece on a, on a, a Galway student uh, whose life was You know, almost destroyed by a stalker and that's ahead of her telling her story in a new Virgin media series. It's very powerful. Uh, Two pages on cartoon shamrocks. They had a hugely successful dancing with the shamrocks as opposed to dancing with the stars. That was their variation. That was their fundraiser in tune last weekend. And progress on the long overdue new footbridge in that would keep hundreds of school kids safe on that crossing every day. I remember making it as a child when there was a lot less traffic and it wasn't safe then, uh, so it's certainly not safe now. And as you say, low loads more in
0: there as well, Keith. Well done, Tia, yeah, and loads more within uh, the Connacht Tribune and loads more picks as well and local news and otherwise for, for you. So pick it up or go online if you want to go onto the uh, Connacht Tribune website and get further details uh, from there. David O'Connell, thank you indeed um, for joining us uh, today on the programme. I want to move on at this stage of uh, the morning today and I want to uh, move across and uh, I want to look at the whole situation in relation to, there's been an urgent call um from more than 65 groups and advocates uh, for the government to assess the implications of increased alcohol availability. The CEO of Alcohol Action Ireland, Dr Sheila Gilhaney, joins me on the line today. And uh, Dr Gilhaney, good morning, Sheila.
3: Good morning, and thank you very much for having
0: me on. I've asked this very question myself as to why we have on every street corner now you can buy alcohol. If you take the Canadian model, it's not that easy to get and it's controlled and once upon a time we were that controlled in ireland
3: yes you know over the last um, number of decades there has been a, a huge increase in alcohol availability uh, both in terms of the number of places where you can get it because as you know you can get it now in every supermarket and most uh, small shops as, as well and then on top of that there has also been a significant increase in the licensing hours like the you know that um, you know the, the hours in which you can can buy uh, alcohol and the combination... You're, t- of you're talking things, in premises there then, are you? Yes, so we're yeah, talking both premises, uh, pubs uh, and n- nightclubs, um, and really what what we are considering at the moment is that the government are proposing to extend licensing hours um, uh, through the sale of alcohol bills. So the proposal there is that um, pubs which would at the moment close at, night, at 11.30 would now stay open to 12.30 and that it would be easier to get... Um, extended uh, late license uh, to 2.30 a.m. in in the morning and also that nightclubs could stay open to 6 a.m. So there's a combination of of proposals to, as I say, to increase the licensing hours, but also to increase the number of venues through the introduction of a new type of of license called a, a cultural amenity license. And what we have been saying, um and it's not just us who are saying this. um there's sixty six um, other organizations and advocates um who have written to the government to say, it's really time to take a step back here and to carry out a health impact assessment on this particular, um, on these proposals. Because we know from international evidence um, that even a one-hour extension is likely to lead to a 16% increase in alcohol-related crime, a 30% increase in traffic collisions in rural areas, and a 34% increase in alcohol-related injuries needing hospital treatment. Okay. So, you know... But I mean, that, that the, yeah, the, the, the
0: argument, Sheila, here would be Uh, that if people want alcohol, they're going to get it. Be it in an off-licence, be it in a supermarket, be it in a shop, be it in a pub, be it in a nightclub, they're going to get it. But is it about educating them or is it about educating the providers?
3: Well, actually no. What is very clear is that if you if you restrict um, the availability of alcohol, you do actually find a decrease in the level of harm that would come from that. So I'll just give you one example. In Australia, uh, a few years ago, they reduced their late night uh, opening hours by by two hours at, at night, and they found a drop of 29% in uh, domestic violence. So it was just but, one one particular but statistic. There's also I- drops in. In, a, in, in assaults as, as, as well on, on the street. So, you know, education, while it might sound like, you know, that, that, that would seem like a, a good idea. In fact, no amount of education really is enough to, I suppose, counteract the level of alcohol marketing that we've already been sub- subjected to. So the World Health Organization is very clear that the three things that are needed to reduce um, the, the you know the, the level of alcohol consumption and indeed then the harms that come from that. These three pillars, as they would say, are controls on pricing, on marketing and on availability. So what we're talking about today is availability. Mm. And as I say, the, the evidence is, is really very, very startling, startlingly clear ab- about this Now, what we're calling for, and as I say, there's multiple organisations from people working in mental health to people working with children, people working um, in in the areas of of, um, uh, emergency uh, departments, they're all saying the same thing. There's a need for a health impact assessment to be carried out on these proposals because we know that it's likely to lead to an increase in, in, in problems. Well, where's the extra guardie going to come from to deal with street problems? Where's the extra, you know, medical staff in, in our emergency departments, which are already significantly overstretched? Where's that going to come from? How many extra people are we going to need to be able to deal with these entirely predictable um, increases in alcohol harm? And I think before... Um, you know, the government puts these proposals uh, into the Oireachtas where people are going to vote uh, on this, they need to be in full possession of the okay. facts.
0: But can I come back to this, uh, Dr Sheila Gilhaney, who's CEO of the Alcohol Action Ireland? I mean, there are proposals um, and again, there's, there's proposals in place, but which will see some establishments being able to stay open until 6am in the morning. Now, the licensed traders are shouting for this because COVID caused all the problems. So, I mean, is there any delicate balance that can be reached in the middle of all this? Because I don't see the reason, certainly in Galway City and having pubs open or, or nightclubs open until 6am in the morning.
3: No, we, we, we would completely say that there really isn't a reason there. And I think, you know, the the um, vested interests are calling for this. They're seeking to make more profit uh, on you know from from the sale of, of alcohol and that, that's what it comes down to. And they're entitled of course to call for that. But what the government need to do is to say, Well look, in in the the overall interests uh, of, of of our people, where's the balance supposed to, yeah. to lie? And I will say that you know, firstly, we know from polling data that 67% of people are actually concerned about this. They're concerned about the extra demands are going to be on public services. But also, we know that um, in, in the last year, um, from from earlier polling data, that um, 50% of people would have experienced harm from alcohol from strangers. And there is concern about safety on the street as it is. Yes. So, you know, on one hand, you have the government saying, you know, we want to do this to enhance the nighttime economy. But actually, people... Feel ill at ease as it is with you know going out at night. You know that often can feel quite a threatening atmosphere, and that threatening atmosphere comes from the sale of alcohol. It's not from people being out at night. It's from people being out at night with a lot of alcohol on but, on board.
0: Yeah, but and come back to it, come back come back with me if you. I mean, if you're in a nightclub in Galway City, and I mean there are vested interests, but they're they're trying to survive as well uh, financially. But if you're in a nightclub at six o'clock in the morning. You go to work straight after that, or what happens, or do you not go to work at all? And you
3: the, you can't yeah, drive well, home.
0: We, do taxis then have no. to stay on the road until they bring everybody home after six o'clock in the morning? I mean,
3: yeah. So these are exactly the sorts of things that we we're saying that the government needs to be making clear where are the plans, you know, for this. Where are the public transport plans to be able to deal with people being out, you know, to to later hours? Now we know from from other um, research that. If you increase licensing hours, you're likely to increase uh, road collisions. Actually, a one-hour extension is likely to lead to um, a, a 30% increase in collisions, particularly that, yeah. in rural areas. Yeah. Now, we already have a problem with road deaths. I mean, we've seen, you know, the staggering and absolutely horrific uh, increase in road deaths that there has been over the last year. Now, 37% of road deaths. Alcohol is a feature, and seventy percent of road deaths occur in rural areas. So, you know, again, we're just we're we're pointing to the likelihood of it, terrible trauma. I, I, honestly, it really, it makes me sick to even thinking about that—that that there will be families who will experience horrendous grief as a result. Of you know these proposals that
0: that are being put forward. To be honest, when you when you read through them, and we've covered it quite a bit here on the program between VFI and others, um, but we're not a beach. Like we don't have the weather for people to be out on beaches and all of that type of stuff until Mm -hmm. six o'clock in the morning. And somebody said here just straight into it said Keith, it would be horrendous to live in the city centre if the nightclubs remain open until six a.m. Eamon Ryan wants you and I to live in uh, over the shop. He needs to try it sometime and see what it's like to live in the city centre. And uh, other calls come in too, disagreeing with that. Keith, 6 a.m. closure. Are you mad, this caller said. Um, people won't be going to work or going to college if that's the case.
3: You know, um, all we've, we've been saying is that we can see that in other countries, you know, where this, this has been done, that they have experienced significant problems for it. And, you know, it is interesting that you see where, where they do pull back on it, they see a reduction in the harms from no. it. But where, where we get these increases, there is un- undoubtedly okay. a, a problem that arises there. We can actually all be, we don't even need to go too far away to see see some of these problems. But in, in Northern Ireland, um, there was an increase in their licensing hours, which started back in October 2021. And since then, they've seen a 17% increase in alcohol related crime. That's just one statistic. Okay. Um, you, you know, So we have the evidence. What we're calling for right now, and to say it's not just us, this is like 66 different organisations, and in fact, lots of people have been in touch with us today wanting to add their name to to this call as well. We need to have a health impact assessment on these proposals.
0: But if you were a betting person, CEO of Alcohol Action Ireland, Dr Sheila Gilhaney, um, what percentage do you think sorry, percentage-wise, 50-50, that this will go through? Or will it just be, like a lot of other things, Just will it just go through and you'll be left having to live with it?
3: Well, I always try to be optimistic. That's the first thing that I, that I would say. Um, you know, we are very heartened when we see, you know, this very substantial call from from organisations, from Bernardos. But, the yeah, IS but
0: if PCC, they're not being listen- listened to, though, at this stage, Sheila, let's call a spade a spade. Do you think, what's your gut on this one? You've done a lot of lobbying on this. What's your gut? Are they just going to push it through?
3: I think that this government needs to listen, you know, to to what's there. What's your gut? This our, our gut is that they already have um, a, 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 an aim to reduce uh, alcohol use by 20%. So that's actually a stated government aim. And it is beyond belief why you would say we want to reduce alcohol use and, and introduce things like minimum unit pricing, for example, and, and some very modest controls on advertising. And then to have another uh, okay. wing of, of the, the government completely go against that. So I think anybody, and I would really be calling on our three party leaders at the moment to look again at this. And to say, why is it that Minister Helen McEntee has given guarantees, but it appears to us to be, to given guarantees to vested interests without fully looking at, at okay. the at the, at the Let, whole impact of this?
0: Let's put that call into her then on that one. But CEO of Alcohol Action Ireland, Dr. Sheila Gilhaney thank you for joining us uh, today on the programme. Keith, can you wish a very happy 50th birthday to Tommy Higgins in Claire from all of your friends in Cylon Hurling Club uh, today? So Tommy Higgins turned 50 today in Belclare. He doesn't look 20, God bless him, but there you go. Anyway, all of your friends in Cylon Hurling Club are sending you birthday wishes, Tommy, today. So do enjoy it. Galway Bay FM's Pet Talk with Petmania. Well Park Retail Park, the home of Pet Care in Galway. 91 638 Now, Emily Miller, Sales and Marketing Manager with Petmania, joins me on the line today. Uh, morning to you, Emily. How are you today? I'm good, yourself. I'm good. Come here to me. Come here to me now. You listen. You're, you're you're pulling my leg here. So I'm tail as well. So, you're, what is Operation Transformation about?
4: That Operation Transformation is our annual campaign to help pet owners find small changes that they can make to help their pets be a little bit happier and a little bit healthier.
0: How do, you, how, so, do, how do you gauge if they're unhappy or otherwise? That's the big question, Emily. Well, look,
4: you know, we're looking at it, so this year we're taking a very holistic approach and we're saying, you know, there's lots of different things that can impact on your pet's health and we just want to help pet owners shine a torch on a couple of different things. So we're looking at things like diet and nutrition. Are they on the right food? Are they eating the right amount? Are they getting the right nutrients in their food? Um, we're looking at things things like weight, how are the you know, body condition score, how, you know, are they maybe a little bit overweight, a little bit underweight, are we all okay, how do we maintain that, and we're looking at other things like everyday healthcare, grooming, um, and all of the things that, I suppose, essentially looking at, you know, come in, have a chat with us, or go onto our website, fill out a little form, and based on your information that you give us, we can then kind of go, look, maybe you should look at this for your dog, or maybe you should consider this for your cat, and those things might be just actually, look, if your dog is maybe being a little bit stressed, or maybe you know suffering from anxiety, or being a little bit destructive, maybe they're bored, maybe we just need to play with them a little bit more. So it's not necessarily about, oh, oh, you need to buy this product, you need to get this thing, but it's about taking an overall View of you know your your well, jobs and cats yeah. so take their health and their wellness and just seeing you know maybe there's a little bit, maybe there's some small changes that we can make
0: taking stock I think is what they call it uh, from there but how would you know if your dog or your cat is overweight would you know by looking at them. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, I suppose the main the, there's two things: there's weight, and then there's a body condition score. So knowing your pet's body condition score is actually really important. It's a visual, ta- a visual and, and tactile check that you can make to determine what what your, where your dog or cat is ranking. It's an international scale that goes from one to nine, and where you're looking to be looking for your pet to be at is in around four or five. Um, if they're you know, a little bit overweight, they'll be sitting at a 6, a 7 if they're kind of in an 8 or 9 bracket, they're into obese territory and at the other end of the scale, if they're Severely underweight. They're sitting at a one or a two. So it's a really it's a great way to monitor where you're at because when you're talking about pets being overweight or underweight, you could be into grams and ounces. They're very mm. it could be very small amounts depending on the size of your pet. You know, so great weight combined with your BCS is really what you're looking at. And anyone who wants to find out what their BC, if their pet's BCS is, you can bring your pet into us and we can help you out with that in store. Or if you sign up to operation transformation through our website we'll actually actually send you some links with this is how you do it at home um and again obviously we're we're available as well to help you out in store but knowing your knowing your pet score is a really good place to start um because it kind of says right where do i need to go next do you know are they maybe showing signs of putting on a little bit of extra weight and okay what are the things that we need to do now to to pull that back because if your pet does become obese and we're about prevention rather than cure so if if your pet is getting into obese territory you're looking at long-term veterinary care and equally if an animal is um, severely underweight they need veterinary care so we're saying right how do we how do where where let's understand where they're at and then we can decide where to go and it might all be fine so your pet is fine they'll have a healthy bcs and they're all okay so that's right you know, let's make sure we keep them that way Um, is really the thing. And there's different things over your pet's life that can impact on gaining weight, you know, okay. so whether they've been neutered, maybe their lifestyle, you know, their age, loads of different things can have an impact. So just because you were doing something and you've been doing something for the last two years may not actually still be appropriate. So there might be some small changes that need to be tweaked okay. just to maintain it.
0: So Somebody has just called in and said, would you please ask Emily, um how should I look after my dog's teeth? Never thought never thought it was really
4: yeah it's really important it's really important and the stats would show that um you know the majority about 80 percent of dogs will have some form of dental problem by the age of three um so trying to, to get behind get ahead of that is really important but also looking at being mindful of the need to look after your your dog's teeth as they get older is really really important and it's just about establishing a really good healthcare routine brushing their teeth is a really really great way to do it Um, it might be difficult to do um, and there's other things then that you can do to assist so it's having a regular routine and that daily routine might involve you know that you're brushing their teeth you're providing maybe a water additive or something that you can pop into the water that can help or there's different chews that you can provide that can help break down that plaque and then also looking at that you're providing chews so there's dental specific chew toys or chew treats that are available that have been designed to get in between the grooves of the teeth and help to re- remove that plaque. So there's there's a couple of different ways of doing it. You should also be regularly visiting your vet. No more than us humans should be going to the dentist. But you're looking at, you know, brushing their teeth regularly, um, regular water additives. you know, in the same way as we would use mouthwash. And you're looking then at your choosing uh, your chew toys and your true t- true okay. true treats, making those available um, and just setting a little routine that says okay well before bed this is what you're getting you know and every morning I'm going to put this into the water and you're looking at those and setting your routine there and it's it's that okay. everyday care is the piece that you're looking at.
0: Can I ask you very briefly before I let you go Emily, And the opening went very well for you?
4: Yeah, it's gone really well. And, you know, look, the store here in Wellpark, delighted to have anyone down. And, you know, for our OT campaign now, if anybody has any questions, drop in and the guys in store are ready and waiting to have a chat.
0: Good stuff. Listen, keep up the good work and thanks for joining us uh, today. Yeah,
4: and come here. If anybody does want to join OT, right, there are two ways of doing it. You can drop into our store, bring your pet in, have a one-to-one with one of the guys, or you can go onto our website, petmania.ie forward slash OT, and you just fill in a little form. And through that, what we're going to do, we'll do is we'll share with you some personalised information based on what you're telling us about your pet we will kind of go look maybe consider this maybe consider that and this is how you do this um and okay. there's no pressure it's just about trying to find small changes that people
0: can make all right wonderful thanks for joining us uh, today and further details can be had from emily miller or any of the team at pedmania in the store near you as well so further details from there
2: now that let's head towards the Goldweb fm news desk stay tuned for the 11 o'clock news and death notices